Hello, everybody. It is your boy, Kyle Conkeel, back with another episode of the podcast. I'm going to keep it short and sweet today. I hope you guys are having a great holiday season with all things considering, you know, COVID and whatnot. But I hope you're enjoying time with your family if you're able to spend it with them. Or at least trying to make the best of a shitty situation. Now, today's episode is a fun one. I get to catch up with a really old friend that I met in about 2013 when I was touring with Scar the Martyr. Um, We met in Vancouver. It was the same day I met Devin Townsend and Ryan Van Puderoyen for the first first time. So... He's a great photographer, all-around funny dude, and has the best Asian beard you will ever see. He kind of looks like Dim Mock or something. I don't know. But please enjoy this podcast with my friend, Neil Lim Sang. motherfucking limb sang how are you buddy i'm doing great it's so good to see you kyle i'm I know. super stoked to talk to you man uh well i like that's the reason why i like doing these on zoom you know they're not a sponsor or anything like that but um and i always try to force people regardless if i'm doing a video um if i'm doing a video or not for the podcast to try to get them to have their video on so I can actually look at somebody <laughs> and not <Exactly>. just <laughs> and not just stare at a blank screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's probably awkward to talk to people that way and see, you know, or even hear what they're saying when you have no real interaction. So Yeah, I did I the only I've only done one podcast with with no like they were on Zoom here with me. And they didn't have video, but it was because their internet was super shitty because there was a storm. So the only thing uh-huh. that they could do, yeah, the only thing they could do is uh, is the audio, or else it, it kept cutting out. Oh um, uh, wow! But other than that, I've been you know fortunate enough to get you know some peeps on here and uh, and uh, do the whole Zoom thing. Just you know, a lot of people miss socialization, and I think if there's a visual with hearing somebody you know this is just kind of like a glorified facetime pretty much but i I, but i record it and put it on the internet (laughs) no i love it and i really appreciate you uh taking the time and actually having me on i was just like oh this would be cool but uh yeah besides i wanted to talk to you anyway so (laughs) yeah well i put up a post because for some reason i when I used to do my old podcast, I used to have like this gigantic notebook just filled with notes, guest ideas, stuff like that. But I haven't, I haven't done that for this, for this podcast because I was just like, you know what, if I have too many notes, I'll want to look through them while I'm talking to the person and like completely lose any track of thought I had for, for a conversation I'm having with them. But in doing so, I just decided to not have a notebook at all like not even thinking about who I could have on the podcast. I was just like, I needed some ideas and uh, I put up a post and then Trey Xavier from gear gods hit me up. We literally did one like an hour later after that post. <laughs> and awesome. then 
I got hit up by I got hit up by you, and I got hit up uh, you know by RVP and a couple other people. But I I definitely do want to have other people on here that aren't just you know musos because everyone I've pretty much had on the podcast except for the exception of uh, my buddy Dan Cleary. Everyone has been a, been a musician, so I figured, you know, I'm gonna have you, you know, I have you on right now, and then I'm gonna have Randy Williams, who is, uh, he's a, um, he's friends with Zoltan from Five Finger Death Punch, and he's kind of like his private security guard. He's like the last Wang Chung, uh, karate oh, master. Yeah. That so we oh, like yeah. taught Bruce, right. yeah. Bruce Lee and shit. So I figured it'd be cool to have him on, and he's like super into like Sherlock Holmes and shit. So, <laughs> oh, and like Jack the Ripper. Uh, so I figured, you know, you know, we could probably go off on a few on a few of those tangents when I have him on. But I th- I feel like it's important to not only, you know, not only just have musicians on here, but have the people who are also associated. Because, I mean, I met you in 2003 in Vancouver uh, when my old band Scar the Martyr was playing with uh, with Danzig. Was it that long? Because I was like seriously going, when did I meet Kyle? Like, I just couldn't remember. I was like, I think it's Scar the Martyr because I've been friends with Jed Simon forever. Yeah. Like way back, strapping young lad days. And I was like, was Kyle in? I, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, wow. 2000, uh, 2013. <laughs> that was, because uh, <clears throat> that was the first tour that Scar the Martyr ever did. And I got hired on, right. like, I think a month before the, not even a month before the tour got started. So basically, I, like, learned all the songs the best I could. And then we had, like, a week of rehearsal in Des Moines which, at Joey's house. And then, um, and then yeah, and then we went out with uh, Danzig and Huntress. And uh, I remember that was at the, uh, that was at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver. That was actually the first, I think that was the first time I met Devin Townsend. Did and, I take a picture of you and Devin? And yeah, you took it. There Jed was like a, or something. Yeah, there's like a picture of like me, Jed, Dev, and Chris Norris. There's a picture of me and you. There's a picture of like me and Jed <laughs> and Dev, and I think like RVP was around there somewhere. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, 2013, and then I'm not sure how much we saw I didn't really do too much touring between 2013 until I started doing bad wolves again but then I saw you um we were playing in Auburn Washington and I believe you were at mm-hmm. that show yeah doing, doing photos so it was like five years or six years I didn't see you 2013 to 2000 and yeah. was that, 2018 I think yeah yeah 2018 probably but it's always been this wild like six degrees or actually one degree of separation in the music industry as it were because i've known you drummer forever from devil yeah. driver i know berkeley for a long time i was talking to doc and we were exchanging text messages and sending photos back and forth because i'd been around god forbid before but i did a tour with god forbid uh opening for chimera opening for in flames when we were in japan and that was the craziest time ever oh, and shit. that was 2004 So it's just like Doc and I have been just like shooting the shit about certain things. And I got to find all these old photos because we'll have a good laugh about it. But man, so it's always been something around there. I've known Tommy for a long time, even when he like like was Divine Heresy and then he just joined Snot. So it's it's just wild. The only one in your band that I just like 
don't really know that well is Chris, but uh, everyone else I've been around for a long time. Actually, well, that was the same. Like I met Chris. Um, I met Chris the day I joined the band because we were filming uh, the Learn to Live music video. I didn't know. I didn't mm-hmm. know Chris until until yeah until I joined the band. He was the he was the last one. But I, and then I found out that me and him actually had met like very briefly because he works for a lot of bands like uh you know he's working for um Christina Perry, uh oh, Chain okay. Smokers, Mike Posner and those are all the clients that I work for for the music production company in LA. So I think we had we had met but in a different circumstance and I didn't know that he was a musician musician I figured he was just like you know a tech guy. And then uh while we were while we were um recording the video uh, I remembered. I was like, "Oh shit, you were working for so and so." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I did the, I did the drop off." He's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> so we kind of knew each other, but yeah, I mean, I've known Tommy since two thousand and six. I've known Doc since two thousand and nine. I've known Berkland since two thousand and ten. Uh, and I remember when they, because Doc, Tommy, and John were just like, "Dude, just join the band." I guess they had tried out a few people before, and it just wasn't like really working out. And they were like, dude, you're perfect for the gig. Just just do it. But I was still doing uh, Vimic pretty heavily at that time. Right. And then, you know, December of 2017, I got I got the call from from John. He's like, hey, I just need to know where your head's at. We're going to we're starting we're going to start booking tours and we'd really love to have you. But if you're if you're busy, that we can have somebody fill in or or whatever. And I was just like, you know what? I'm actually uh, I'm going to quit Vimic. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then yeah, and then we you know zombie f- dropped, and then then we had basically two and a half years of straight touring. <laughs> no, it's insane. I honestly, it's it's wild because I love your first record, and I know Zombie put you on the map that is not the normal map for your band. But I love that you guys have all paid your dues, and that success came in an in an unfortunate way but it's been great because i i just love seeing the rise for bad wolves and all you guys are really killer killer people and you've paid your dues so it's it's nice to see that yeah and i definitely appreciate that man i mean i started touring when i was 22 years old i know chris started touring when he was 19 years old wow and you know doc's been touring for you know a long ass 20 years probably you know berkeley's 16 17 years now and you know Tommy since like 2000 and 2005 so 15 years so it's not like you know when 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 zombie dropped i was 32 i think right so it's not like we were like this young ass band coming in just like getting all the glory right away or anything like that you know we have all been in bands for i mean fuck i didn't think i got my real first paycheck from a band until i was in bad wolves you know and even that took a while <laughs> Well, but but it's overnight. You guys came out of nowhere, <laughs> fucking idiots. I just never understand that shit. It's just like everyone's paid their dues. You just don't know their story because you never paid attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much what it's like. Oh, do you know what I remember? I think, I think the night that we met, one of the homies. Well, I think it was Bill from Frontline Assembly was there too. Maybe in, yeah. in Vancouver. I know. I I just a know lot that... of people. A lot of people were out that night because Jed hadn't been back with a band for a 
quite a few years. Um, I hadn't seen Joey for many years. So it's just like, like Slipknot. Like I knew that Scar the Martyr was coming out. Um, I got the record. It was really cool. It was just something different for me and heavy. And uh, I came to see Jed. I came to hang out. I, I figured Dev would be around. I see Dev and Ryan in Vancouver a lot because I was living in Vancouver at the time. Yeah. But yeah, that was super fun. And the only time I got to see Scar the Martyr. So I gotta, <laughs> I, mean, we, I gotta look back at those photos <laughs> to see how it was, right? Well, so. I mean, we as as Scar the Martyr, we only did three tours. Wow, which, you know, which we had a pretty decent first week sales for the record. I think, I think for a yeah. new band that had like no publicity or anything like that, I think we broke top one hundred. Wow, on, on that's Billboard. pretty good. Um, and everybody loved the record. I mean, I still have people that tell me they're like, dude, like that's Scar the Martyr record. Because, you know, at that time when you came out with eight string guitar material, it sounded like it was like periphery type shit, you know? Um, yeah. And it, this wasn't it. This was just like we, Joey used the eight string guitars to just make heavier slam riffs. <laughs> it, was, it was cool because that record first came out. Like even Henry had a unique like sound that oh, nobody yeah. really heard. And when I first heard like I think "Cruel Ocean" was a song that I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" You know, yeah. and just everything else was super cool. And then it's just like I was asking Jed because I've never seen him play eight strings so <laughs> it was just interesting to just like catch up with an old friend in a new band and uh it was great um who was your second guitar player was it chris norris at the time yeah or... it was chris norris at the time so at at that time i believe on that tour it was me bass back backup vocals chris norris jed simon joey jordison Henry Derrick, and then we had like a fill-in guy who I didn't really get on with too much. Uh, his name was Joey okay. Blush. He's kind of like wild. So jo Joey Blush got the gig. So there's two Joeys in the band. Um, <laughs> uh, but Joey Blush actually got the gig through Reese Fulber. Okay, yeah. So no he, uh, he uh, I guess Joey had done some stuff on like a Fear Factory record. Mm -hmm. for reese and it was like he's super analog uh, analog synth guy and i mean don't get me wrong he's 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 a talented guy we just come from two different sides of the tracks if you know what i mean sure you know i agree you're not gonna get along with everyone so yeah. it's it's all good which is weird because i typically do get on with most people but right. you know him being a young guy from new york in like the edm like goth scene and you know his dad is you know his family is very 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 wealthy um, he kind of, you know, he had stepped, he had crossed a line a couple times basically. Cause, um, you know, he was super young. He was younger than me. I think he was like 21 oh, wow. or something. Yeah. And, so. uh, he just f forgets who he was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't well, get me wrong. Know, it's, it's different. You learn a lot of stuff on the road. It's very different. It's not as glamorous as people think. And yeah. you're with people all the time. So it's easy to cross a line when you're still learning about yeah. each other's personalities. So yeah. Very unique. And, 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 and I guess he didn't realize that if I like, cause you know, like I said, he's, he was a super, he's a super talented guy. Um, but if, if I'm trying to like, you know, if I'm trying to like you, I'm going to pick on you, you know, and my, I guess most, you know, it's just how it is. You know, it's kind of how most people yeah. are like, especially like, 
Like I was, I wouldn't do it as hard as Jed would. You know? <laughs> Jed, Jed is fierce. That's yeah. how you know he likes you, you know, because, you know, my wife always says the same thing to me. It's just like, if I like someone, I'm going to pick on them in a loving, but like harsh way. Yeah. But if I don't give a shit about you, you don't even get it my, the time of day from me. I, yeah. I could, I could give a fuck. So yeah. <laughs> fucking jed jed used to jed would go hard on me but in in a loving way because there were there were other right. i'm not going to name names there were other people in the band <laughs> who, who, would, who who would go at me in a not loving way so right yeah but yeah. uh i remember i was i was walking through like the front lounge and i had a plate i think it had like a sandwich and some chips on it and I was like walking through and he fucking slaps the plate up <laughs> and he goes, he goes, Simon <laughs> and fucking potato chips, potato chips and sandwich go over. But you know, because Jed is how he is. And then he starts cleaning it up. <laughs> I could totally see him doing that. I would have pissed myself like, laughing i couldn't even be mad at him i told him i was like i can't even be mad that was great you know yeah that's so good so good (laughs) it was it was funny so um i would always ask jed you know about like dev stories or strapping stories and shit like that so you know i have a you know a handful of stories that he's told me but then when i went and played with dev earlier this year I was like, all right, I've heard dev stories. I've heard Gene stories. I've heard Byron stories. I was like, but I've never heard any touring Jed stories. So <laughs> dude, Devin, Devin told me some of the funniest shit. And I, and I was like, there's this ex- it sounds exactly like Jed. This has to be 100% true. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember like, like exact right now because I put myself on the spot. Right. Just some of the funniest fucking shit i heard and i was just like yeah that sounds like touring with jed <laughs> i can't even imagine because i've been around the strapping guys for a long time been friends with them forever and always cool always nice always different but when you're in that circle they get funny and they're funny guys like all of them so yeah, yeah that's great <laughs> really great but yeah, so it was just nice to hear, you know, hear a touring story because when Jed started touring with uh, with Scar the Martyr, um, he was, you know, he was a dad, you know, he's he's married, he's a bit older, and so like the Simon I got, he was still a prankster, but he was fairly tame in comparison to some of the other stories that I had heard, but I could just, I could still see him like that. But it's like, you know, the, the most, most trouble we would get up to is like, you know, drinking too much and like air banding in the front lounge at five o'clock in the morning. Like that was pretty much it. And, or like he would, um, uh, me and me and him would eat cheeseburgers and candy. So he was always up at like seven o'clock in the morning and then he would go get like, we'd stop at a truck stop and then he would get like a bag full of little burgers and then put them underneath my pillow. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Taking care of you on the road still. That's oh, awesome. He was, he was definitely the road dad. He always made sure that there was ice cold Coca Colas or red labels, as he called them, ice cold high lifes. And uh, yeah, and they, or he would throw candy bars at me <laughs> in, in awesome. my bunk because I slept in the middle bunk. Jed slept underneath me. 
So he'd be doing his Simon Omniplex because he got like this VR thing. Okay. So he had this VR rig and he would watch movies like that. And he called it the Simon <laughs> Omniplex. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. And me and him had Man. just this like, you know, I had, a, I had a much faster metabolism back then. But we had like this, this like we'd have bags of candy bars in our bunk. And if he right. was out, he'd be like, you know, candy bar me, conky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, age. It's amazing what we used to be able to do and metabolize compared to, uh, you know, the swelling now. And uh, Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Especially especially this year, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? What a crazy, crazy year. I can't eat. I can't even it's I've been chatting with a lot of different people and it's been really great to connect with people because I know everyone's home and sad and weird but yeah could you ever imagine because I was getting ready like 2020 was gonna be my year (laughs) (laughs) 2020 was supposed to be everybody's year and then like the world just was like nah you know the irony is Devin was the last show I saw in the beginning of uh, February. And I didn't, I mean, sorry, at the end of February, I was in Toronto uh, taking care of my mom because she she had a stroke earlier in the, in the oh, month. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, that. it really was just, like I said, it was going to be my year and then things changed. And I was in Toronto, so I hit Dev up and then I didn't realize he was, it was a second show. And like literally, you know, hung out with the band, hung out with Dev, Saw the show, it was really great. And then that was the last gig I saw. And he had like everything shut down a week later. He barely played a couple more shows and then everything just started changing. And uh, that was insane. Insane. Our our second, I think it was our second to last show because we were in Europe uh, uh, January and, and February. So our second to last show was in Milan, Italy, like a week before they closed everything down. Like we had, did, Barkley get sick from that, or uh, was he sick later? Bro, I, I, see, here's the thing: I don't know because Berkeley came home really sick, but nobody else in our crew was as sick as he was. And you know, we're in a bus; we're close quarters, you know. But people he, don't people don't realize it. There's no way on a tour one person doesn't get sick and doesn't take everyone else out or doesn't travel through the bus. It's just like I have never been on a tour in the winter where somebody like the whole band or crew, someone never got sick. Yeah. So he got he got really sick when we came back. We got back February 21st and he got really sick. But then like a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was out to dinner with his girlfriend, and I think Doc was there as well. And then they actually got COVID. <laughs> what do you mean again? I know Doc and Jasmine got sick. Yeah, but... this is when they got sick. Oh, man. Wow. But, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, That's I mean, ins- so, Berkeley had, I'm, I'm pretty sure Berkeley just had the flu or something. Uh, when he got back, because he was like, "No, this was nothing like when I when I got home from Europe. This was completely different." Unless because they wouldn't give him a COVID test when he came back from from Europe, the, because he didn't have any fluid in his lungs. Because at that time they had no idea what what it meant. Um, 
Right. There was so many different symptoms that people, you know, there's a lot of people who probably didn't even realize they had it in the beginning of the year. So they, they wouldn't give him a COVID test. So I don't, and I don't think he, I don't think he got a COVID test the second time around. He's just like, oh, Maddie has it. We live together. I have it, you know? So he yeah. just, you know, so he just did his like two week quarantine. And um, so it would be, it would be trippy to know if he's had it twice. You know, I don't know. He could have just had a regular flu, you know, the regular traveler's flu. Um, but he was like, yeah, he had, he was coughing for like three weeks when he got home. And then, but this was just like, he was just like, you know, I'm tired. I feel like shit. You know, he said it wasn't too bad. I think he said the, his actual flu was worse, but then again, he could have had it twice and maybe the second time around, it's not as bad. You know, I don't, I don't really know, but <clears throat> I know that, uh, uh, doc, has tested negative and then uh, Jasmine still has to like quarantine in her own space in the house. Cause I guess she still is testing positive for it. I don't know how that works. So, uh, wow. but yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's been really trippy. We, you know, this was supposed to be like our year too. You know, we just came out, right. we just came out Drop with a record. record. <laughs> yeah. Totally we just came out with a new record. Ready. You know, we were, we had just finished up, uh, Five Finger Death Punch, Megadeth in Europe. We had a co-headliner with Hollywood and Dead that we were supposed to do in May. And then we were supposed to go out with uh, Disturbed and Stained uh, July oh, yeah. through September. Yeah, and... I was going to see you out here. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many killer tours this year that was like going to be amazing. And I would see a ton of people. I was going to go out with some friends and do what I do. And then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so... And I feel mostly for all of you guys and all of the crews because realistically, you know, people are like, oh, just get another job. Well, you just can't. You've been working your whole lives for what you're doing. And yeah. it seems like nothing's been considered for all the entertainment, all of music, all of touring. Like nobody's even considered it. Yeah. Like hell, even movies, production, yeah. everything like that. It's changed. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I know movies and stuff because, uh, you know, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to have a job that I can leave and come back to, um, you know, and it's a music, you know, it's a music production gig. But I've been doing a lot of stuff in the film industry lately. Like they've kind of like figured out how to do it where it's more contained and you have to self-isolate when you get out of the set. And there's like COVID tests all the fucking time. Um what? And, you know, they quarantine each other. They have they quarantine in hotels if you're working on something like you can't go home. Like basically, oh, if you wow. want to work on this job, you have to quarantine. Um, and yeah, but I, but you know, it, it's a job, and like I can't even go into the, any of the sets if I'm picking up gear. Like I, they literally, they literally bring it out to me, sanitize it, and then I have to wait till it's all brought out, and then they go back inside, and then I put it on the truck. Well, better safe than sorry, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very unique time, and especially when entertainment is what's keeping most of us sane whether yeah. it's new music or new shows but you know we can't go to the theaters the studios yeah. are releasing product to the theaters and home streaming is big but you still got to film it yeah. so very yeah man i really think like the entertainment especially touring touring was like one of the first things to get shut down and then we kind of just been like left in the lurch ever since and i mean 
I totally get it. And I know that like Live Nation put out this whole statement last week saying that like, oh, you have to have COVID tests and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I feel like their heart's in the right place. But with it being Live Nation, like, does that mean now, like, not only are they going to be asking bands to take 20 percent cuts, but it's like now are they going to be charging people for these COVID for these COVID tests and results? Like, are they just going to monetize everything? Like, I mean, I had Charlie on here from Five Finger Death Punch, and I I told him, I was like, you know, I feel like there is a way to do it. It's like, if you want to do half capacity or quarter capacity, and you want to do indoors, I mean, and there are rapid tests. Yeah, they're not as accurate as some of the closer ones, but I know that the there's a rapid test that I've had to take doing, um, you know, when I, I went and worked for... Um, uh, Foo Fighters, there was a rapid test and they said that this is 98% where the other test is 99.999. This one is only 98% okay. effect. Um, 98% accurate. Um, yeah, accurate. There you go. So I don't know. The, some people are saying that they're more like only 70% accurate, 70 to 50% accurate. But I really feel if you're like, hey, if you want to come do the show, the show is going to be on this day. You have to be here. By 10 a.m., if, if the doors are at 6 p.m., we got to make sure that, you know, we're, you know, taking people's temperatures or, you know, doing the uh, as accurate of a quick uh, rapid test as you can find doing those. And, and then like, hey, if you have the virus, we'll refund you everything. Sorry, you can't come in. You know, it's it's really I mean, and I don't and I didn't really read too much on the Live Nation um <laughs> proposal towards that but i just know that if if they're going to be charging for that that's kind of bullshit because i mean there's (laughs) you know it's a different level too because like you guys are doing arenas you guys are doing larger venues than most people a lot of people play clubs and you can't you can't make enough money to like what a guarantee is going to be like, what are, you know, yeah. your capacities. Like if you're at a metal show in a club, I have a club here in Seattle that I love going to. It's called El Corazon. Oh, I know El Corazon, yeah. It's literally like, like packed out where you just like, you're feeling everyone in there. You're getting the vibe from the band off the stage and people, it's just yeah. balls to the wall and it's fantastic. But you can't do that. Yeah. And it it sucks because that's the vibe of the show and that's the vibe of the venue. And it's really great when you can feel it, you know, and just see everybody enjoying the shit out of themselves. And, and I uh, mean, I like we do play arenas, but we do arenas in support. Like when we go out by ourselves or if we do like a co-headliner, we are playing those, you know, like Showbox, right. Showbox Soto or El Corazon you know, we're playing those um, 800 to 1500 to 2000 cap rooms. Um, and yeah, it does suck, especially if you have like, you know, a smaller club like uh, oh, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, you know, like the Roxy out here in L.A., like oh, if you yeah. have a smaller club like that, like and you do like quarter capacity, <laughs> you know, that's I think that that's only a 500 cap as it is. Right. So if that. Maybe if that, maybe 300, I don't know exactly. So it's like, you're getting less than a hundred people. You got to make sure they're all staggered and standing away from each other. But you know, I, I don't know. I really feel like, 
uh, yeah, it just, I don't know if there's actually any answers, but if, if you're testing people, you should be and if you're testing people and as accurate, you should be able to fill a club. I, I would hope so. But especially like a band like yours, especially like any kind of a metal band, you're not going to social distance. Everyone is going to be in a pit. Everyone's going to do whatever your singer or any frontman is going to really, that's their job. Make the yeah. crowd move and, yeah. and get involved. And it's just like, how do you stifle someone like your singer? <laughs> like, like Tommy's not just going to be like, Oh, just stand. Uh, hold on. Hold on a sec. You're not six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that would be pretty interesting to see the new, uh, the new ways this is going to happen and no yeah. one knows. so and then how do you even book a tour because forget forget the capacity of the venues what venues are going to still be here yeah i know that there's been thousands of venues across the states that have that have had to close because of this um of and course. i'm hoping that maybe you know local investors or maybe some other type of uh you know um fucking booking booking agents or something can i don't know but yeah that that's also a good point uh as well as where where would you play but i mean i i'm the one thing that i definitely i don't expect this to be a new normal i think it's just gonna be for now you know uh i've talked to some people who you know who are uh one of my friends is in the is in the dod and you know, and some other people I know, and they're like, typically, typically epidemics are around 18 months. Because mm, then okay. it, that gives the virus literally time to spread and then die out. But I don't know about reinfection. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's a thing. But, you know, and I know that um, a lot of people, when they've gotten the virus, they've been treated with um, immune system suppressors because the reason why people are getting sick and dying is because their immune system is overacting to the virus. So they have to give you, they have to give you medication to calm your immune system down. Wow. Um, that, that's scary to me because I'm immune compromised. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm diabetic, so I cannot like, I wouldn't risk it. And it's a weird thing for me to say that because I do on average 200, plus shows a year yeah. and if a show is here tomorrow without something for me as like a vaccine or something like that i i can't risk my life i don't i don't want to be dead wrong yeah and i want to see my friends i want to see a gig but i'm not gonna risk yeah. my my life if it's 50 50 yeah. so yeah, yeah too much yeah so it's like you know they're you know with you know your diabetes and stuff like that you know it, it could go one of two ways you could get it just be sick for a little bit or it could you know not <laughs> yeah so i mean i dude i totally get it you know i've i've i have asthma and you know so I, mean, yeah. I was born with respiratory disease so it's like i don't really know how a guy in his mid-30s that has had asthma since the day he was born would fare right. to a disease that attacks your lungs, your, your lower <laughs> respiratory, which yeah. is the important one. 
you know, upper respiratory is what most people use, but to take a real deep breath, you lay down. That's how, and that's the lower. Cause I mean, dude, your lungs oh, are, okay. your lungs are like from here down to like your belly button. Your lungs are enormous. I never, um, even, yeah, I never even thought about that. Like how it would affect you with the asthma and yeah, you, you don't want to know how it would I don't and everyone is different. So yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, you never know. You could be one of the few people who are asymptomatic, who it doesn't affect. But it's like, I don't know if that's the case. I wasn't at the place when where um, Doc and John got COVID and, and, their, wow. and their girlfriends. I wasn't there that night. They had asked me to go. But honestly, at the time, I had hurt my back. So I was going to physical therapy three times a week. And I was like, I don't really, I don't want to miss my physical therapy. So, yeah. yeah. So if I didn't have physical therapy, I would have gone. <laughs> I would have oh, gone. So, and I don't know how that would have turned out. And, you know, I do my best, you know, to eat healthy. You know, I take my vitamins and of course. You know, exercise. And that's another thing that people don't, don't tell you. If you want to boost your immune system is you need, you have to have the right diet and exercise, you know, of vitamin course. D, go outside, take a fucking walk, man. Like 30 minutes, yeah. you know, yeah, but it's a lot of people's like, you know, and I'm not sure what to believe anymore. It's just like, it's been the year and the last couple of years of like, I don't know who to listen to, but I take yeah. my vitamin D. I take all my, all my regular meds. I take all my like other supplements and everything else. I try to eat well and try to do something. But bottom line is I don't expose myself to a lot of people. I've been fortunate that I've been home. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I am barely seen a lot of people i've talked to a lot of people seen a lot of people on zoom but i haven't been around anyone and i'm not willing to risk it so yeah very I mean, very challenging. i've gotten let's see i've 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 been a few places mainly like in the beginning because we were doing like like live from quarantine stuff and then after we did that live from quarantine in april I mean, I didn't really see anybody for a while. And then we had, you know, some other things that we've come up with. And I, I did go back to work um, for, a, for a bit okay. before I hurt my back. But, you know, we have, um, you know, measures. So it's like, you know, I have to wear a mask. I don't go in with, you know, I don't go mm -hmm. in a, I, I don't go in a building next to somebody or whatever. We clean the trucks out after, before and after, like before I get in the truck, you know, I have gloves. I clean it out with. Uh, alcohol wipes and and when I leave the truck I clean it with alcohol wipes and you know I didn't really get anything but I didn't really come in contact with anybody anything that I was right. doing was like you know basically like postmates just leaving the shit on your door it wasn't yeah. you know I would just tell people oh I'm here here's your stuff mm. you know yeah makes so sense. um but yeah I mean I don't I don't really know you know because I'm just, besides, you know, going back to work for the couple months that I did, I haven't really been too keen on going places unless I'm like working on stuff with Doc or, and then I would go mm -hmm. to Doc's house. But I mean, it's, they weren't going out too crazy. You know, they just so happened no. to go out, go out and have dinner with some friends. And, you know, I, I think that's a crazy thing. It's just like you don't know. It's just yeah. a one opportunity that you think you're good. And then something happens. And that's yeah. the that's what I'm trying to avoid in general. Yeah. I just don't want to put myself in harm's way. And 
suffer the consequences and just be like, oh my God, I've been home the whole time. And now all of a sudden I go out and I fuck myself. There's no yeah. way, no yeah. way. I know. And I saw, I saw something on, on Facebook the other day. I can't remember what it was, but, uh, and I can't remember who said it. So I, I can't give them credit, but, um, it was this homie and he puts a, he's like, um, my grandfather hid from the Nazis for three years. You can stay home during the winter and wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, without getting into all the insanity of politics and everything else, I don't see why you can't do it. It's yeah. just, it's really not that hard, but obviously it is for many people and they've taken it and, into a weird direction i don't have a problem doing it i'll just put it on and just do my stuff i'm not going out there randomly hugging people and just in your face like i just don't want to i just don't want to get anything i just can't do it so no but like i said i've been fortunate that i've been able to work from home and the job that i i do outside of the music industry is was always a challenge to work from home. We'd always try to talk about it, but we weren't allowed to. And then COVID came and that was the only way to continue doing this work. So it's a very different thing. And I've been fortunate that I've been able to work from home. So, and I like it a lot better because I don't feel like I have the same distractions uh, as I do in an office place. And, uh, yeah, and I'm not moving around the world like I used to have to. <laughs> so yeah. I like being home. So a lot I mean, better. Dude, I feel that. Like, you know, with when when I realized that I was like, all right, 2020 is pretty much going to be a wash. You know, I went out and, you know, I upgraded my, my computer. I upgraded, like, my, my studio interfaces and microphones and cameras galore lighting you know i was just like you know what if if i'm gonna if i'm gonna if i'm gonna do this from home like i wanted to be like my own little like radio studio in my in my bedroom you know and just kind of just kind of go all out with it and do it how i want to do it with the space that i have available and it's like dude i have everything i have everything here yeah keyboards got fucking guitars back here i got a super comfy gaming chair yeah you know and uh and it's and it's funny because like half of my bedroom like because if you if like to my right is the end of my desk about two feet away and then there to the wall is like my bed so i'm like literally half my half my bedroom is half bed half studio (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm fortunate as well like with my uh or the place I'm living in right now, it's just like I have a loft and I was finally able to put up stuff and make it more work like for me and finally cleared everything out. I have like some of my photos on the wall, like I've framed a bunch of my tour laminates and everything like that. And it's the kind of thing where I have a lot, I have a couple other frames that are empty because my OCD is so bad that like I'm missing, I know four laminates that I need to put in. And I'm like such a nerd that I have them in, in year and chronological order. So <laughs> if I don't find those ones, I can't fill the other ones. And I've got a stack 
of, of laminates that I want to put in, but I'm just like, I just can't. I'd rather stare at the empty frame than <laughs> fill it up, and then it's and then it's wrong because I'm such a dork. So, uh, so uh, we it's, have it's different. So, yeah, seeing it. So yeah. we haven't really like I'm gonna I do I, I do little pre-show intros before this where I'll tell people like what okay. you do, but we haven't really talked about what you do. So you're you're I know we've just been rapping about <laughs> life and shit this year. So. so you're 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 a photographer, a great one, I might add. I, I use Thank I use you your photos much. a lot and I always make sure to tell people to to not crop your watermark <laughs> out. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think uh most people like how I met you, how I meet a lot of people most people know me as a music photographer. I've been around for a long time and it's been amazing. When I look at, even in my office and I see all the laminates and all the things that I've been able to do, it's been a, an incredible ride and experience. But the funny thing is, is that most people don't know, everyone knows me as a photographer and that's fine. I. I'm not going to say that's not what I do because yeah. that's how I'm around everyone. But I'd say a good 98% of people have no idea that I do visual effects for anim and animation for movies, television and, and games. So dude, because you, I never, well, you sent me your real talk about it. Yeah. yeah, dude, you sent me your reel the other day and I was like, Holy shit. I've seen every single one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's just like it's the weirdest thing it's uh I just, it just never comes up because i'm just hanging i'm shooting i'm always working when i'm normally at a gig and i'm seeing friends in the crew seeing friends in a band or seeing a band and on assignment to shoot and you know it's just like if someone says hi we're talking about other things yeah. i'm not there to talk about me i just like who cares yeah you're, you're not there to talk about how you animated the hulk beat up a yeah. tank <laughs> yeah no no like if we start talking like we've i've on tour we've talked about like movies and this and that because it's always been also interesting relationship in the sense that like i listen to music all day long when i'm working on my projects mm -hmm. and when you're on the road you're watching movies or you're going out and it's very symbiotic as far as like the relationship of how long something takes to record and what you do to keep yourself entertained on the road and yeah. what I do to keep myself entertained as I'm creating the art. So it's, it's really it's weird cool. because they really do like for me and doc anyway, like they're mm -hmm. both kind of like hand in hand because when, when I'm on tour, I go to the movies way more than when oh, yeah. I'm at home. I mean, I'm not really home much, but like nothing, nothing like really gives me the same peace as like going to a movie, the last showing middle of the week oh, in yeah. some fucking bum fuck town in the middle of nowhere and just getting a bunch of snacks, like a big gross pig and literally Fish. having the entire movie theater to myself. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We do that all the time or it's, it's just like or going with a couple of the guys in the crew or the band. Well, not the crew, because unless it's a day off, everyone's working. But the band, like, I love seeing movies on tour. It was yeah. really funny because I was listening to one of Doc's podcasts, and he had interviewed Mark Hunter. And oh, yeah. Mark brought me up, and I started laughing because we were on tour a long time ago, and we went to see a movie there, and I it's just set me off so bad. I, I, I write a bunch of these 
hilariously just scathing reviews of movies and I just lose my shit. And all my friends are like, you should do something about that or do a podcast or do whatever. I was like, who the fuck cares? Like I just am ripping on stuff. So I love seeing movies good and bad. And yeah. it's that experience of being in the theater with your shitty snacks. You can't beat that. You know, it's yeah. so fun. Well, it's so now that I've been home, like uh, me and doc talked about this in person, uh, like a, a couple months ago, you know, I've been trying to just watch as many movies as I can that I haven't seen before. And there was one movie that I saw. It was actually, yeah, a couple months ago. It was 1997. Uh, it was when it came out and it's called The Cube. I heard of it. I don't recall it. So um, so I've been, I've been watching like random thriller, sci-fi, horror stuff. Like uh, I subscribe to Shudder. And okay, I, I, and yeah. I literally, I just, I just watch whatever I can on there, you know. And and the cube is really weird. It's basically like these people get stuck inside a move. It's like it's almost like a gigantic Rubik's cube that moves, and there's no explanation to why they're in there. And some of the so it's like each room is like a different part of the cube, and they're saying it's like it's like how big it would have to be to be in the movie is literally the size of like. Uh, I think it had to be like 12 stories tall or something and 12 stories wide. And some of the rooms are booby trapped. So you have to figure out, you have to figure out which rooms are booby trapped, which ones aren't. And you, then they're trying to escape. And it, it, I mean, it's, it's only like 80 minutes. So it's, it's nothing too, too. And And I think it's an older film. Yeah. Yeah. It came out in 97 and there's, some there's two sequels so there's three cube movies but i have not seen cube two or cube three and i haven't really seen anything too good about them or else i think i would have watched them (laughs) right but uh but yeah there's a there's a there's a ton of cool stuff on shutter and but i'm mainly like horror is cool but i'm really into like the sci-fi thrillers like i don't know what it is like anything sci-fi and if it's like a thriller perfect like paranormal yeah. shit. I mean, I'm not talking about like paranormal activity. I'm talking about like real, like scary ass movies. You know, okay. not like not like oh, it's a ghost and this is found footage or the Blair Witch or right, <laughs> like the thing. Like love that shit. <laughs> that shit's that, scary. That movie is amazing. That was such a good movie when that came out. You're just like, what the, f-? like all the alien stuff. Like that's what I grew up watching and like loving and. You know, it's, I guess it is different being able to do what I'm doing now. And, but even when I do work, I don't know what context it's going to be in. So I still love seeing it. Yeah. That was the second horror movie I ever saw. The thing? The thing. I was like, oh, dude, I would shit myself. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I would be scarred for life if I saw that when I was nine. So. It's like Jaws. Jaws fucked me up when I was a kid. I couldn't even swim in a pool. Even though it's crystal thing, clear right? water, you could see the bottom. Yeah, dude. Or a lake. It was just like, fuck that, man. They did such oh, a good dude, job. I, I really, you know, I don't really fuck with fuck with lakes or or swimming in the ocean. Like, I'll go like in the ocean, like as as when it goes up to my to my neck, and that's as far as I'll go. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm too oh. far. 
you know, I don't. Sharks I don't, will take you out waist high, so it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like lakes and shit, like, dude, I watch I watch too many fucking movies to be swimming around a fucking lake, dog. Like, there's, there's yep. not only is there like the Loch Ness monster, but I mean, fucking next thing you know, you're in Camp Crystal Lake and fucking oh. baby Jason jumps yeah. out of the water. <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, I think all we've been shit. scarred for life with all these things when we're yeah. younger. But again, it's the imagination and what happens and the reality is you never know, right? So. Well, and then there was that, that fucking Piranha movie. Oh, yeah. I love those ones. No, 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 no not so... the campy ones. Not like not like the Piranha. Okay. There was... Uh, I can't remember... I can't remember what it was, but it was like one of those mid nineties, like Lake Placid type fucking type right. movies. I don't know, but I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not fucking around in no lake dog. Like <laughs> I don't have no, I was like, I can't really swim to begin with. Like, like I know how to do the movements to swim, but like if I were right. to be dropped into a body of water, my initial reaction would be to doggy pedal. Uh-huh. I was like, like I can't breathe that well. I can't swim that well. Like I, I have no business being, Thanks. being in a fucking lake. <laughs> Does make sense. I get it. But the it's, first, it's the fucking the first horror movie I ever saw actually was, it, and it wasn't even in color. It was on a black and white TV. Hmm. So this was like early nineties. Okay, and it, it was The Shining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some of it's it's like some of the movies today are pretty insane, but some of the the classics like The Shining, The Thing, um, you know, even Alien, back yeah. in the day, like it's just the, you know, where they don't show you everything. It's just the suspense and the build up and then the yeah. orchestration of the soundtrack and everything just combined there and wow, it, leaving it up to your imagination instead of showing you stuff is is probably worse i saw a lot of kubrick movies before i probably should have because i remember (laughs) i remember um because i have two older brothers they're 10 and 11 years older than me excuse me wow so they're they're 10 and 11 years older than me and i remember i would go through because they would everybody would be at work and like i would come home from school people wouldn't come home for a couple hours and i remember like going through my brother's movie collection and he had a clockwork orange and I'm like in sixth grade, you know, like, <laughs> like, fuck, how old was I in sixth grade? Like 11, 10 or 11, like popping in fucking clockwork orange for the first time. <laughs> oh man. This is like, that's a little intense, you know? So, yeah. Very but al- also like my mom wasn't really one of those people who was like, like, she didn't care about like my death metal cannibal corpse t-shirts. She let me listen to whatever I wanted to listen to. She let me watch whatever I wanted to watch. Cause she's like, you're fucking old enough to know it's a fucking movie. You know, it's still pretty cool though. And like, she so. let me watch South park and fucking, you know, have all these crazy ass fucking graphic death metal t-shirts. And she never really gave me too much of a hard time. Like when it came to what, what my media intake was like you know i was playing golden eye when you know which is a one of the first console first person shooters where you're, you're literally shooting i mean the graphics are only 64 bit but, but you're killing people 
Yeah. You're that's killing. literally that's literally the name of the game is you're going around shooting people. My mom didn't care. She's like, I mean, at wow. the time it wasn't the same how good of graphics it was today. So maybe if right. it was like, you know, if it was like these video games moving at 120 frames per second that looks like real life, then maybe yeah. she would have cared. But back then, like she yeah. didn't really care like what kind of media I took in because I mean I I mean I was kind of a little bastard. But for the most part, I got decent grades and, you know, I wasn't like shitty to other people. So, (laughs) so she did good. Yeah. She raised you right. But, but yeah, but now and nowadays, like, I don't know, like the whole people blaming media for, for, for shitty things that people do has always been like one of my, one of my bugaboos. Like, oh, yeah, blaming people, you know, um, like when that Columbine stuff happened and they were blaming Marilyn Manson for it or, uh, you know, violent video games. I'm like, people are going to be shitty regardless, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's just like take everybody wants somebody else to blame and they don't want to take a look at their own life and their own responsibility. And I think I posted a meme, something like that the other day, just like, you know, stop blaming others. Your life is still going to be shitty because you haven't done anything about it. You know, something along that lines. And it's just like... I I think I saw that, actually. Yeah. I just post a lot of dumb shit, and I just have to laugh because people... I love your... I love your fuck you, it's funny. (laughs) Because it is. Fuck you, it is funny. Because why not? Like, But a lot of people want to blame everybody else for how things are. And we've all been through something in our lives, and we've all come out of it. And you've had to learn something, but still take responsibility for yourself. Don't blame everything on someone else. Yeah. So, but whatever. <laughs> so how long have you had that long ass beard? Man, I'm Asian, so I shouldn't even have a beard. I shouldn't even have any facial hair. And it's been a long time. And it's also, it's probably how people see me or know me and I'm not shaving it looks like shit now because I haven't been able to see uh, Cassie in L.A. for almost the whole year. And I come and see her and get my beard and hair done. And it's been several years. It's been growing and growing. But, man, I've had my I've had a beard at least 15 years, I yeah, think. I mean, yeah, when I met you, your beard like was... Forever. Yeah. So, yeah, your beard I think was long it's and what, orange. I yeah, you, I think, I think it's... I think it's what people mostly know me for, or they they'll see me before uh, I see them, and it's just the beard. So it's just like I don't know many other Asians in this scene that have a beard. So and you know I've been compared like someone's like oh cool Dimebag beard, and that's a great compliment for me because Dime is Dime, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I have a photo with Dime and our colored beards. Uh, Sadly and ironic, like two years, I mean, two weeks before he, he passed. Yeah. And we were talking about it. And I, I just said to him, I was like, we've been around each other for a while. We've never taken a photo. And, you know, Dime is just like, yeah, let's do it. It's like, yeah, we never have. And we took that photo and yeah, crazy, crazy to think about that. But I've had the beard for a long ass time. And it's not going anywhere. 
I don't have to look like anything for anyone. Yeah. For, for what I do in music and what I do outside of it. Obviously, it takes people aback when they first see me, but all I have to do is really have a conversation with people and really just talk and connect. And yeah, maybe some people still think I'm an idiot, but I don't. Give a shit. I don't really give a fuck. I so. don't think I don't. I don't <laughs> think you're an idiot. Well, you know, no. well, um, so when we were out with, uh, so when Vimic and Scar the Martyr was touring, we would have uh, Bobby Tongs out with us. Yeah, he's got so. a killer beard too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, do I remember I would like, I would get dr- like, I remember we were in Europe or maybe we we're in the UK and I was just like drunk one night and I was just like, I was just like, Bobby Tongs, tell me some dime bag Daryl stories. Yeah. <laughs> he would tell uh, me, he would tell me some fucking, some good ones. And, and he would answer any question I had. Like, cause uh, I mean, you know, I know that was like his best friend for a really long time and I know it can be a sore subject, but I think he he knew I wasn't asking to pry. He knew that right. I was like a big, you know, big Dimebag fan, and I yeah. was just asking because I wanted to get. I, I felt like I could get to know my hero more through one of his best friends. Did so, you ever get to meet Dime or no? No, I never. I never got to meet Dime. I have met everybody else. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, Dime. Uh, Dime is it's it's wild. It's again very appreciative of the time and my age and being able to see pantera like there's only two bands i would ever risk my life in going into the pit and it's pantera and slayer it's just like everyone else i'm just like yeah nope you knock yourselves out but somehow i'd always end up in there (laughs) every time i met dime every time just every all the stories are are totally real and true amazing person really yeah. hospitable just really cool um because well, he passed so away in nice. 2008 right if I, if I remember correctly 2008 no it's uh god it's way earlier than that's 2004 man was it pretty, I, no no sorry 2000 yeah no i got it wrong sorry about that it's just like oh, yeah, oh no no do you what you're, you're right you're right december it's, 8 2004 yeah, because I know that was what I was saying. It's like they were on the devastation on the name. No, it's not devastation on. It was Shadows Fall, The Haunted, mm-hmm. and Damage Plan were on tour, and I hung out with them in San Francisco. And then two weeks later, I was about to. I was doing a job in New York, so I flew to New York. The night I got there, they were playing uh, in New York, and I hung out with everyone after the show but I missed the show cause I got in too late. Yeah. And then my girlfriend, well now wife was flying out and I was like, Hey, let's go see them in Jersey. They're there next week. And she was only in town for a little bit. So we didn't go. And then literally I got the call from several friends and I was just like completely shocked and completely bummed out because I just seen everyone literally. Yeah couple a little bit before that and uh yeah remember bobby bobby tongs was telling me he wasn't there that night because he had a family emergency wow so he had to go be with his family and then he was like i'll come meet i'll come meet back up with you guys he had left like a few days prior and he's like i'll come meet back up with you guys later on but he's like i gotta go home and he you know dimebag was like yeah of course go do your shit you know yeah um 
but yeah, 2004, um, I was, fuck, how old was I? 2004, I was 18. Wow. So I had not, I had not really, I was trying, my mom, that's one thing my mom didn't, wasn't really super cool with, was like going to the heavy metal shows. Like she let me go see Corn in 2002, but I remember it was Morbid Angel, Slayer, Pantera, and Scrape. Oh, and, I love Scrape. I yeah. haven't seen that. Like, man, what a great. But they were touring wow, over cool... the summer, and I asked my mom if I could go. And she's like, no, you're in summer school because your grades are bad. You can't go. And I'm like, oh, I want to go see Pantera. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I couldn't go. And that was kind of like my last opportunity, you know, because that was – that was like 2000 and yeah, around 2002, 2003, I think. Yeah. And they um, pretty much uh, called it a day after that and yeah. started damage plans. So, wow. And, uh, and, you know, I see Pat Lockman all the time too. I love Pat. He's a good dude. It's super. I, I just can't imagine like all the, all the PTSD of all that situation, even. Well, because he still he still works in the music awesome. industry. You know, he works for, you know, he works for like Weezer. He works for Richie Sambora. He works for all these these big time artists. And I remember I asked him one time to be when I had my former podcast uh, when I was doing Tour Bus Confidential, not remembering that he was in Damage Plan because I didn't I didn't think of him as Pat from Damage Plan. I thought of him mm-hmm. as like Pat. I know this guy. And he's like really cool, and he's like he's known Jed for forever, and they did a dope song together. And I didn't even think about it. He's like, no, I don't do interviews. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I didn't even think about it. And then one of my buddies, who uh, who was a close friend of mine, was like, he was like, did you really just ask Pat to be on your podcast? And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, he probably thinks you want to talk about Dimebag and that night. And I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't even think about that. And then wow. I felt like an asshole, and I, I I text him later. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I that completely slipped my mind. Like, that's not what I wanted to talk about. And he's just like, no, 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 dude, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. And uh, I actually saw him, I think I saw him like a month ago. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, because Weezer was filming like this streaming concert. Okay. And uh, and yeah, he was there for that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was like, I was like, ah, this year sucks. Because like the last time I saw, last time I saw Pat, I think was in Europe. It was either in Europe or in one of the big American festivals. I can't remember which one, but uh, right. He was well. Like, oh, everyone, everyone also forgets that not only was he saying he is a ripping guitar player. Yeah, like <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah. He, he, it was funny because when I saw him at uh, either, like I said, in Europe or somewhere else, one of the big American festivals, he was like, "It's nice to see you at a festival and you're not fucking humping gear." <laughs> <laughs> Because every time he'd see me, I'd be like dropping off gear for whatever band he's working for, you know, at that time. He's like, like, how does it feel to be at a festival and not have to push push fucking gear and drive trucks around all day? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Insane. Small world, man. It really is. Small world. And I wish people realized like how small the world really is. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're, you know, from... You know, the other part of the world, like if you're in the music industry, you're literally one to two degrees of separation away from somebody else, you know? Yeah, and it's just like, there's no reason for like an ego or anything else because 
you know, people are going to remember that. And everybody knows someone that knows you somehow or some way. Yeah. And it's just, just don't be an asshole. Be cool and uh, enjoy the opportunity because it's, it's a really cool thing that we all get to do at some point or another. And yeah, there's no, no reason to actually uh, forget that we're all the same. We're all yeah. people enjoying a passion and doing what we love. So I actually, I did a post in, in December, right before, you know, right before new year's. Cause I was going to take a break off social media to go through, get through the new year. And I was working on stuff with Devin. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to keep my head super focused. And I, and I did like a post of like, cause 2019, the end of 2019 was my 10 year, uh, touring anniversary. So wow. I, I did, I did this huge long post, you know, posted a bunch of pictures of like, you know, from in this moment, scar, the martyr Vimic, and then, you know, everything on to bad wolves. And I just said, you know, I try to find, I try to find new things daily to be grateful for. And I try not to, t- to take advantage of the position that I'm in because mm-hmm. you never know how long the ride's going to last. And true. <laughs> and then two months later, the whole <laughs> world closed down <laughs> and I'm dying to go out. I'm like, I, I told one of my buddies the other day, I was like, I would get in, I would get in an old 90s suburban with me and the rest of the boys and go play fucking and go play 100 cap venues with no stage. Like that's how much I'm dying to fucking, um, to fucking play a show. And I, I always wonder that too, because a lot of people had asked me how I'm doing, because on average I'm doing 200 shows a year and it's like sometimes it's more than what you would even play, but I'm fortunate that I can see a lot of different things. I'll go out and tour for a little bit, but I'm home and I see a million shows here. So a lot of people were asking me if I was doing okay or how I was dealing with it, not seeing a show. And I realized for myself, it's just a, it's every one of us is different, but for me, it was more about the fact that I've already, I've done a lot of things and I did it. I didn't actually sit back and go, maybe I should go here. Maybe I should do this. And then I never did it. And now I didn't have the chance. I, like I said, I felt more for my friends like you and the other bands and the crews, especially the crews that this is their livelihood. And I don't get yeah. to see, see my friends. But for me, I've done a lot of shows, so I can't really complain. And I actually, in a different way, enjoy the break because when I'm there, whenever I'm at a show, I'm, working i'm always shooting i'm always doing whatever and then i like to hang but i'm always doing some work so it was kind of nice to actually take that break appreciate what i've been doing spend some time at home which i normally am never home and you know it's just like sure making money would have been great but at the same time like you said taking a break from social media it's just like what am i posting photos for just like Am I defined by a like? I, yeah. I don't give shit. So it's just like I'm just taking a break and enjoying it and just realizing that even just me talking to you right now, it's it's amazing. Like it's something different, but it's something that maybe we would never have been able to do. But the reason we're talking is because of those experiences on tour and those yeah. things that we've done and the friendships that we have. So yeah, I just count my blessings and think about being grateful for 
the experience. So, yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, I'm definitely, I was definitely super grateful to be in the position that I was in and be able to do the things that I've been able to do. I mean, like, you yeah. know, most of my, most of my major purchases these last year were all funded from uh, a big cartel online store that yeah. I just was selling autographs and guitar picks. So it's like the fans literally made all this. Like not only have they made my life what it is with the band, but like, you know, buying stuff to upgrade for our Patreon account or buying stuff yeah. to upgrade so I can, you know, make better quality um, YouTube videos or better quality recording shit for all my little weird fucking everything that I'm doing over here. And I was just a super fucking grateful for people and, you know, and, and all, and all of our fans that are just have stuck by, you know, and, and like I said, have been, you know, subscribed to our, our Patreon and like buy my fucking stupid fucking picks that I keep coming out with or my t-shirts or whatever. Yeah. But you know what? It's just like, it's like you're giving back something to them. They're giving something to you. It's a really, you know, you can't forget that at the end of the day, everybody's, everybody's helping each other in some way. Like your yeah. music, what you've done, what the band has done has helped them through some, some shit that yeah. we will never know and yeah. vice versa. Yeah, so no, it's sure. super cool. Super so, cool. But it's been, it's been really nice and to just like see how much people appreciate this stuff. Cause like the one thing I've always done is like, I've never done it to like a massive extent, like, uh, like shine down or five finger death punch. But I always try to make different picks for each tour. Oh, cool. And, I, and yeah. I would throw them out. I would get like two or three bags and I would throw like 10 or 20 out for show. And then that was it. Well, this year, the, I, I haven't been able to throw any picks out really. So I just decided to release some picks to see how they would and see how they did. And then uh, I just all of a sudden started getting all these like actual pick collectors. They're like, hey, are you ever going to make this one? Like, hey, what about that one you did with Devin Townsend? Like, hey, are you ever going to remake this one? And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Maybe down the line, but right now it's just like, you know, I have fucking picks that have like baby Yoda on them. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, I think I'd asked you to get one of those. Like, there's my baby Yoda that my wife got me. Got a little avatar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, send, I'll send you some baby Yodas, man. You just got to text me yeah, the address man. when we're done here. Um, but sure. yeah, I have, I have picks that have my stupid face with like a sloth filter on it. So I look like a sloth from <laughs> from the Ice Age movies. Like that's I've amazing super super grateful to our fan base and, and and any of the people who have helped support not only me but the band but i've also seen these people help supporting our other fans as well right. so it's just it's it's, it's a it's huge a, it's a great yeah. community i think that's what it is it's just like it's a sense of community it's like a in, family you know it's like an extended it is. family almost it's a great big dysfunctional family, but we function <laughs> together because yeah. of music and our love and our passion of what, you know, what it means to us. And everybody, it's some, it means something to everyone very differently than what maybe you intended when you wrote the song or when you did something. And, you know, you never know what someone's going through the day that you come through town or yeah. the day that you play a show. And remember, it's like, I always try to remember it just like, when I was younger and going to shows, it's like, I'd wait for so long for this show, but it's your mm. job every day. Yeah. And then you come through town and something's gone on. And for however long that gig is, I get transported to another world. I really 
get taken away from my problems of the day and I'm just enjoying a rock and metal show, pop show, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And all my, all my troubles have been forgotten for that bit of time. And that means a lot. You can't quantify that for, you know, for anyone the same. It's always yeah. something unique. So that's awesome. Yeah, man. It's been really cool. You know, and, it, and it's just nice to see that, like, because we've gotten a lot of slack about, like, our Patreon. You dude, know, fuck people everyone who else, not. man. Yeah. No, but, like, dude, everyone thinks, oh, they put out this big single, you know, it did whatever. They're rock stars. They're rich. People don't have a fucking clue. And well, if we're touring or not, we hate. still, yeah, whether we're touring or not, we still have expenses to, you know, we still got to keep the machine well oiled, you know? Dude. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. It's just like I don't, I don't ever explain shit to anyone. It's just like you're not That's in what my I love shoes. About you. I, it's like I don't have anything to prove to anyone. Oh, you're like, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? I was just like, well, you're not fucking paying for it, so obviously, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't have to explain it to you. You know, yeah. so I really love your 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 <laughs> non give a fuck attitude. Now, so are are you originally from Canada? Because that is no. very non Canadian of you. <laughs> right. Well, it's really weird. I, I come about from a weird like. I was actually born in Jamaica, in Kingston, Jamaica. So, yeah, right? And so, like, and I fucking hate reggae music. Like, fucking hate it. But my brother is so into reggae, and I'm into metal. And so, but I grew up in Jamaica till I was about six, and then we moved to Canada when I was six and a half. And I grew up in Canada till I was in my early 20s. And then I spent most of my life in America, professional life in America. But mm. I grew up in Canada, so I'm very. I grew up very Canadian, and then I moved to New York City in New York oh, City. Oh shit, that's, that's yeah. where that I don't yeah. know where the fuck comes from. <laughs> exactly, it's because no one gave a shit about me in New York, and so it made me grow up super fast from my like humble Canadian beginnings. And then, then I moved uh, from New York. I was in New York for one year. Got just totally like the world showed me the reality and uh i moved west and i've been west ever since it's not all but... fucking ketchup chips and poutine bud no but uh i still love ketchup chips so <laughs> it's it i grew up on that shit and uh Old but Dutch i've lived on Lays. the west coast for a long time lace it's gotta be the lace man just, we, we didn't have old dutch when i was a kid oh really so, yeah i think it was always lays for for me when i was growing up you know he's the ketchup or dill pickle so those are the ones we buy in Canada all the time. No, all but dressed. I've been on the West Coast. All dress came out way later. Oh, it was okay. all like ketchup and ketchup and dill pickles. Like, yeah, yeah. Remember, I'm old as fuck. So I'm older <laughs> than I'm way older than you, man. I don't <laughs> act like it. I don't look like it because I'm. I always say I'm Jamaican, right? So I'm like I'm Chinese Jamaican. So black don't crack and Asian don't raisin. So I'm never going to look my age, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. You yeah, got me dude, on that I'm, one. Yeah, I, I'm 51. I don't look 51. I don't act 51. And I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. So, And realistically, when I post stuff, when I do whatever, it's just like, you like me or you don't like me. doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, that was that was one thing I definitely definitely appreciate about about you is that you you have no like 
you are who you are and you don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks about it. And like I said, I really love your fuck you. It's funny. Like posts, <laughs> like <laughs> to, to be yeah. like, like something, something that may not be, you know, what we consider, you know, quote unquote PC, but you're like, fuck you. It's funny. Like it, it, it is it, funny. How yeah. can you not laugh? Especially in 2020, like as weird a year as it's been, laughter music entertainment all this stuff like you gotta laugh otherwise your world is just a downward spiral of shit yeah for sure like i said i'm nobody in the sense of people looking to me for guidance with this and that i'm not a i'm not a public figure as it were like people might know might have seen me but i'm not actually saying anything it's funny i've talked to some musicians that they literally have told me they can't like what I post because it's not PC <laughs> and they don't want the fan base to like actually worry about what they're liking when I'm posting some fucked up shit, but <laughs> I'm not anybody that matters. So I'll just post it. <laughs> so, and, and I just have to laugh, man. So. Dude. And I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, I don't really, People aren't aren't coming to me for their. All I have to say is like you know they're not coming to me for their fucking for their for their news or whatever. It's like I'm just a right. fucking I'm just a bass player, you know. <laughs> but uh, but dude, Neil, I really appreciate taking you taking the time coming and hanging out with me. Um, oh, go follow my fun, boy man. Neil. It's L <laughs> N Lim Sang on Instagram and go follow L or Lim Sang Photography as well on Instagram at Lim Sang Photography at N Lim Sang. And also there's one thing I wanted to say. Like yeah. so you're you're Jamaican, but yeah. then you have like a white bread ass name like Neil. You know what? I was named after Neil Armstrong. So Oh, okay. My, okay. My, my birthday is July eleventh. So um yeah. I, I have Neil's first name and his middle name. My middle name is Alden. So uh, my parents named me after Neil Alden Armstrong. So yeah, Jesus, yeah. how many names you got, dog? Four? Dude, that you know it's, it's Wait, always is Lim Sang is Lim Sang one one is that like one name? Lim Sang is my last name. It's two words, one last name, but it fucks up everybody. Everyone thinks my name is Lim, or when I put up Lim Sang photography, they're like, hey Lim, and it just drives me insane. I'm just like, <laughs> what why? My name is Lim because I'm fucking Asian. Like, I mean, <laughs> like seriously. It's just like, no, I have a normal first name. So then I normally write Neil A. Limsang so they can figure it out that it's like another word, like Limsang is my last name. And -hmm. sometimes people ask me, what does the A stand for? And it's, the A stands for asshole if you call me Lim. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, come on. So, you know, my movie credits is either my just... Neil Limsang or Neil A. Limsang, but Limsang is. I'm gonna two go check out your IMDb life. after this. Uh, I, I've done a few things, so. <laughs> but All yeah, right, Limsang is is the last name. So thanks, man. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come chat with me for dude, a bit. It's been a lot of fun, bro. And uh, we'll just talk again outside of this craziness. But uh, thanks again for hitting me up, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. For sure. And for all my listeners, thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.